Welcome to the weekly podcast for the Connection Young Adult Ministry, part of Church on the Rock in Texarkana. Join us each week as we gather together to deepen our faith, connect with others, and grow in our knowledge of Scripture and relationship with Jesus Christ. Whether you're just starting your faith journey or you've been a Christian for years, this podcast is for you. Let's dive into this week's sermon. Alrighty, yeah. Yeah, I do want to emphasize going to A&M because... Because um, we're, like, for the longest time, we were not able to do anything there. Like, we would have meetings, and we just have to, you know, mark it off the table. But now, uh, Blake, he's, uh, what church was, I forgot what, First Baptist, they're, they're going there, they're doing a worship night on Monday, so try to be there. Like, this is one of the first times we're actually being able to get to do something there. Try to be there and show the love of God. Let's open a door to that, okay? So... Well, I want to talk about tonight, um, we've been talking about revival, and uh, I have a chance to speak tonight, uh, and we've been talking about the history of revival, how revivals pop up, and what is happening now all in these pockets. I think uh, Asbury, is it called Asbury? Yeah, Asbury, with that, that, uh, with that prayer night that just lasted a bunch of, for weeks and weeks, what's, um, what's things that are popping up all over kind of our country, and we're seeing these little pop-up revivals, and uh, even our church, we've been kind of spending more time on God, giving more time of our own time to God, not because we want to have miracles and revivals, but because we want to seek the face of God, right? We want to hear what he's saying for, to us, and we want to we act upon that, and we've been doing that. If you've been a part of our church, we've been doing that for past um, month and a half, um, and uh, the words that I got, I think many of us got, have gotten words from God. The words that I got, kind of what I want to base what I'm going to be talking about tonight is hearing and acting on God's word. So uh, I know, I know uh, we can, um, sorry, I know uh, there's uh, some ways that we can hear from what, some ways that we can hear God speak to us uh, even throughout these couple months, uh, and I want to go over three main ways that God speaks to us and how we can discern it and how we can act upon it, right? And uh, the third, in fact, does anybody want to guess what the first way would be? The second and third might be a little harder, but anybody want to guess? There is word, yeah, there is Bible. So yeah, that's the first one, the Bible, it's, it's, it's the word of God, the, you know, basic instructions before leaving earth, that's an acronym, Thank you, Pastor Mike. So, <laughs> but also the next one would be wisdom. Wisdom, when we're talking about morality, uh, good and bad, uh, and the Holy Spirit wants to obviously pull you towards the good, right? You make hundreds of decisions each day, and they can go good or they can go bad, and the Holy Spirit wants to pull you towards that. And then the uh, more uh, unique one, the one that doesn't happen often, is the whisper from the Holy Spirit. One that does not make sense, but you hear the whisper uh, calling from the Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, even I think uh, somebody recently told this story. I don't know who, but credit to them, but this will explain it well. So this lady, she was evangelizing um, on the street outside of a coffee bar, right? And uh, she just felt like the Holy Spirit really wanted her to do a cartwheel, right? A cartwheel. Doesn't make any sense. So she does the cartwheel. All of a sudden, the, pers- the two people outside sitting, uh, drinking their coffee, gets up, go- they go crazy, and they run over to her. She's freaking out because she doesn't know what's happening. And they say, um, 
they were atheists and they said to each other, if this lady does a cartwheel, God exists, right? So, so it's really funny, yeah. It's random, but things that we cannot explain that God calls us to do, and uh, that is the whisper of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't happen often, but when we listen, we hear it, and we act upon it, blessings occur. Now, I will say the Bible is the most important out of these three. Reason why? Because it can verify the other two, right? So the devil can speak just as quiet as the Holy Spirit, right? He can but you have to be able to discern through the Bible whether it's good or evil. Just like our wisdom, you have to understand that um, we're not always the smartest tools in the shed, and we can go either way, but the Bible helps us discern. And that's what I want to look into about hearing and acting on the Word of God. I want to see what the Bible says about hearing and acting on it. I don't want to talk for long. Um, this is just going to be very simple, very practical, and just seeing what the Bible says about this topic. Now, uh, the first one would be out of James 1.19. If you have your Bible, you can scroll there with me. In fact, actually, thinking about it. Okay, so in Kids Zone, we do this thing called the war chant. I don't know, some of you might know it, but I'm actually going to have you guys do it. So you're going to repeat after me. If you, do, if you have a Bible, put it up in there. If you have a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, put your hand up in the air like you do. I'll wait until everybody, hands high up in there like you have a Bible. You have the word of God. Repeat after me. This Bible has the power. That's weak. You can do better than that. This Bible has the power. That was the same. No, put some back, put some oomph into it. This Bible has the power. Change my life. Change my city. I can do what this Bible says I can do. I'm be a history maker and oil shaker. This Bible is a truth detector, a sin deflector, a faith inflator. I'm gonna read it now. I'm gonna read it later. Let's cut off some devil's heads. Okay, yeah. It's a lot funnier when there's music and lights and a lot cooler. But okay, let's see what the word of God has. Sorry, I just had to do it. I wanted to see if you guys would actually do it. <laughs> yeah, sorry. But, okay, going to James 1.19. Now, James is a book of, uh, very, it's a very practical book. It's just kind of like the Sermon on the Mount. It's a how-to guide for Christians. Uh, it's kind of just like how Romans and Ephesians is like the biblical uh, kind of doctrine, if you would say, for Christianity. This is the practical guide. So Romans 1.19, uh, it says, this is the topic. It says, hearing and doing the word. So, Hitting the nail right on the head, we'll read uh, verses 19. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of a man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls." But be doers of the word and not hearers, only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone, or we can skip down actually to verses 25. But those, uh, but the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and pers uh, perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. So I want you to understand that we can hear the word of God, but we have to act upon the word of God. The word of God, like you can read the Bible. The Pharisees read the law better than anybody else, but they never put it into action, right? 
They never uh, let the words take place in them. They forgot, even says, you know, uh, who forgets? It's void, right? It goes back to void. It has no return. And you have to understand that hearing and acting on the word of God goes hand in hand. If you want things to change, you have to act on the word, right? You have to, if you want to be blessed, you got to act on the word, right? And, uh, you know, blessings might not come how you expect, but it will definitely come for the kingdom, which we're going to look. So this, this is, um, I guess this is the biblical um, uh, thesis. I don't know. This is, this is what it means to he- hear and act on God's word, this passage right here. Now, I want to go through some stories talking about and putting into action this very topic. If you guys want to scroll to me, scroll with me in Acts 1, or Acts 2, actually, and it's talking about um, the Holy Spirit coming in the upper room, and it's also talking about Pentecost. Now, I'm not going to read this whole verse. There's 41 chapters in it. I don't feel like reading it, and I feel like I would be out of breath and couldn't go on if I did for you guys. So I'm just going to talk a little bit about this. We've been talking about this topic, I think, even in main church, and Michael's talked about um, this, uh, the upper room, and then Pentecost. This is the first revival, and this is also the first awakening of Christianity, right? The Holy Spirit comes down, that he, they, uh, he, they revive the people in the upper room, and then Peter at Pentecost goes out, preaches to 3,000 people, or over 3,000 people, actually, and they all are saved. So let me just, I just want to read one of these verses. Verses Four, when it's talking about the upper room, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. It wasn't them that was speaking. It was the Holy Spirit that was speaking through them, giving them words to each other to understand in different languages, and they understood it, right? This wasn't void words. This wasn't just some experience that they were a part of. No, because just right after this, Peter goes and speaks at Pentecost, right? He speaks through God's word, and that he is given by the Holy Spirit and verse 41. So those who received his word, received Peter's word, were baptized and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. So this is the first representation of the revival. You hear it, you see it, hearing the word, acting upon the word, right? It goes hand in hand. You can basically uh, sum this up for every single story in the Bible where someone hears the word of God, they act upon the word of God and it works out. Right? When somebody doesn't hear the word of God, they act on their own, uh, own wisdom. It doesn't work out. So we can actually, let's stick with Peter here because I want to show one more kind of representation of this. If I can scroll there, let's see. One more representation of this in Peter's life. Peter is a representation of the Christian life, right? It's, it's not exactly how the perfect Christian life should be because he denies Christ, he's human and all that but it's a re- representation of who we are. We tend to easily, uh, lots of times, side with Christ, but lo- then lots of times deny him. So this is uh, Peter's, like, we're Peter a lot of in these situations. So uh, if, we, if you guys want to scroll me, with me to Luke 5, this is when Jesus calls Peter, right? This is when Jesus calls Peter to be a disciple of his. We can just read it through verses Three, getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, that's Peter, he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. So he got into the boat. There's a bunch of crowds. Jesus starts teaching to the people, um, 
uh, out at sea uh, so they can hear him. And then if we go to verse four, and when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Now, obviously, Simon, he's a fisherman. He was fishing that day. And he says, and Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. They fished all night. They had nothing. Uh, It was void. But at your word, I will let down the nets. From that moment on, Peter trusted in Jesus, not knowing Jesus, right? But he trusted that he, who he was, he let down the nets. And uh, after this, it says, and when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish in the, in the nets, and their nets were breaking. So uh, just an amazing blessing there. But I, 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 don't, I want you to keep this first in mind. This is the first calling of Peter. But when you switch to, uh, we're going to sw- go farther into the Gospels, into the go- Gospel of John, John 21, uh, 21, 4 through 6. This is Jesus. He's resurrected. He's come back to life. The disciples go out to fish. They go back to out because, uh, go out to fish. And Jesus is on the shore and he calls them. And this is what he says to them. Uh, Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? They answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of the fish. So same blessing, but they were fishing out all day. They were trying their hardest to fish, but only on God's word did they have that blessing. Only on God's word did they succeed. And this whole representation from the first time he met Peter to uh, when he's resurrected, he called him back. This is it's a representation of how the Christian life should be, right? When we see these two stories, it's combined together to show when God speaks, we act and things change, things happen. And um, there's a perfect balance to this that you need to keep. It's not, you don't wanna have a dichotomy. Is that, is that what it is? I don't know, smart term. <laughs> but you don't wanna, you wanna have it perfectly in balance. If God speaks, we act right? And the problem in our culture today is we live in a culture of consumption, right? We live in a culture that, you know, wants to indulge itself in every sinful thing it can imagine and never acting on God's word. And, you know, that might be part the problem for the culture, but the Christian culture isn't far behind, right? The Christian culture, they may abstain from things, but they never act on things, right? They never actually go out and change the world. They go, to, they go to a church, they sit down for an hour, and then they clock out. They're gone. They never act upon the word that God has given them. And that's, that's the key point of Christianity. You need to hear the word of God, and you need to act upon it. And even through this, like, you kind of see why the culture of Christianity uh, actually even... Uh, some of you guys might know Pastor Cool. He's our youth pastor. Uh, he gave a statistic that was very alarming last night uh, at youth. He said something about uh, more and more people are clocking out of church and the attendance of churches are going down, right? Um, and it's a very scary thing, but you can kind of see why. Because these people, they go, they hear the word of God, right? 
but they never apply it to their lives, but they still have the expectation of something to change, right? They still have the expectation of their lives to change, things to be blessed, as it says in the book, right? It's like going to a hospital. You have, you know, you have something wrong with you. you. You're looking through all the procedures, right? You're writing all the paperwork, but you never go in for the full treatment. So you never change, right? You never actually, you never have things build on it. And I, I know... I may be talking about blessings and all through this book, but uh, I, don't want, I also don't want you to think that the blessings of your life is something that's key in this. You hear the word of God, you act upon it, and the blessing is from that, if we go back to Acts, is the awakening of souls, right? That is the main blessing that the Bible wants to go for, right? That's our main, that's our main calling, right? We can talk about uh, Matthew 28. That's our main calling that God calls us after to win souls. So you can see the, the terrible part of our culture clocking out and the worst possible thing happens. People don't get saved. So, and even if we apply scripture to this, right? Uh, I think I had, oh, that's not it. That's it, cool. So if we go to 1 Timothy if we go to 1 Timothy, um, 1 Timothy 1, 3 through 6, it's talking about how, it's talking about false teachers and them talking about kind of nonsense. They're, they're worrying about genealogies. They're talking about it and their stuff is void, but this still applies to us, right? I'm gonna read it real fast just to give you guys understanding to it. As I urged you, this is Paul talking to Timothy. As I urged you when I was going to Macedonia, remain at Ephesus so that you may charge certain persons not to teach any different doctrine, nor to give or nor to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies which pr promote speculation, uh, speculations and rather than the stewardship from God that is by faith, the aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Certain persons, by swerving from these, have wandered away into vain discussion, right? Uh, it's not saying that genealogies, is, uh, gene genealogies are bad, no. Genealogies, the reason why there's so much genealogies in the Bible is to get historical facts, to actually factualize the Bible so we have a reason to believe the Bible. But he's saying, don't, like, these Pharisees, these people, these false teachers we're focusing on so much, and it never was put to action. I mean, most chose, most mega churches today are more of self-help than anything, right? And you you're, you go there, you feel good. That will lead to vain discussion. That will lead to void. You know, uh, there's there's room for uplifting sermons, and there's room for downlifting sermons, something like that. But <laughs> but. You want to apply it. Everything should be practical, hearing and acting on the word of God, correct? Okay, so how do we fix this, right? We don't want to be void. We don't want to uh, go into vanity, right? Well, we apply the word of God. And I hope I didn't speak too long, but I want to go into groups. I want to talk about, you know, what's been happening in your life. What, through these past couple of months, what has God been speaking to you practically, whether it's uh, personal in your life or whether it's for the group and how can we act upon that, right? Uh, how can we, what is the ideas to save souls? What is the ideas of your life that God wants you to go after? Big and small, there's room for all of it. Let's conquer this together. All right. So 
I think that's about it. So I think Sarah's going to come up and discuss the grouping. Thank you. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Join us weekly as Pastor Michael and the Connection Leadership dive into the Word of God and explore how it applies to our daily lives. You can join us live every Thursday at 7 at Church on the Rock in Texarkana, Texas. Thanks for listening.